Welcome to New World Books, and thank you for joining our podcast channel. We believe that when you open a book, you open a new world. Each week, we'll be coming to you with an interview with authors from around the country and around the globe. And now for our host, Sandy Aldrich. This is Sandy Aldridge with New World Books. And tonight we have a special guest author, D.A. Marku, author of Bullies, The Whole Story, A Childhood of Misery. So I want to welcome you tonight, D.A. How are you doing? Good, Sandy. How are you? I'm doing great, thanks. Well, I'm excited to talk to you tonight. Um, uh, uh, very, very interested in the book that you have written. And um, first off, do you want to tell us just a little bit about um, when, when you first realized you wanted to be a writer? Well, actually, it was, it was fairly recently. I, I wrote this book in probably about um, three weeks. Oh, wow. Uh, finishing Catcher in the Rye, I was reading Holden Caulfield's story and a lot of the stuff he did in New York City uh, as a teenager. I thought about when I was 11 and I got in my predicament with the six guys from my neighborhood. And uh, after that, I decided, um, I, I think I can write this story, you know, because um, the amount of bullying that's going on right now, I think it'd be a good thing for parents to know. It'll give an insight onto behavior and the repercussions of not doing anything about it. I, I completely agree. Now, your your book is is listed as a novel, but if I understand from from speaking with you previously, the novel is actually based upon your life story, your experiences. Yes, part one is uh, is from eleven to uh, fifteen. Uh, part two is getting edited right now. That's going to carry it up to um, when I'm twenty two. Okay. So how many so books is, have you is, written it, now? Uh, I'm on my fourth. Oh, wow. Okay. Uh, and since October. Wow. That's so, amazing. Um, yeah, the first, the first draft of bullies, I didn't really care for. I was a novice and I made a lot of errors. So I decided to, um, rework it. So I took it off of the, uh, Amazon. Okay. And I rewrote it to about 80,000 words and then had it edited. Wow. Now, um, DA, what, what was that journey like for you be, being as this story was actually based on some pretty terrible experiences from your own, from your own life? What was this, the, the journey of, of writing like for you? Nightmares. I had to relive every moment. Uh, basically I took myself back to when I was 11, when I was asking my mom and dad, why were we moving to Hawthorne from Simi Valley? I loved it there. It was great. I had great friends. It was really a nice neighborhood. And they said, well, we, you know, me and your father need to be closer to work because, you know, I could see that my dad worked in Inglewood and my mom worked in El Segundo and, you know, we lived 50 miles away. So um, once we moved there, it was okay for the first, I would say, week or two. And then uh, things started happening that, um, basically just spiraled out of control and lasted for a number of years until I um, unfortunately broke the law, went to camp, 
spent time in a juvenile facility. Basically, I was a straight-A student, Cub Scout, Little League pitcher, all-star, and it all fell apart after moving. Wow, and that was all because of the bullying that you experienced. Yeah, it started out with uh, six, and uh, then it went down to four. Did, did Were you in a position where you felt like you could talk to anybody at the time, or was, uh, was that an option for you? Back in the 70s, not really, because uh, the mentality then was your parents can't be around you all the time. You have to walk to school. You're alone. So I felt that it was better if I didn't say anything. I took the lumps. I went to, uh, you know, I went to camp. I went to jail. I, I basically, uh, I was the only one that got caught. They never did. Wow. So that's why this, uh, this problem with um, kids picking on kids needs to stop or their parents need to get educated on, uh, do you want this to happen to your kid? Do you want them beaten, uh, incarcerated? and not have any reason why, because he never told you they need to find, they need to see the warning signs. So DA, uh, you're, you're talking about warning signs. Um, what were some of the warnings that you displayed, even though you weren't able to outright tell your parents that you were being bullied, what kind of signs do you think that you were displaying back then that maybe kids are displaying now that their parents don't see? A's are going to B's. They're talking back. They're staying out longer than they said they would. They're telling them, don't worry where I'm going. Uh, if somebody calls, I say it was so-and-so, but it was really another person. Uh, it's just body language and the tone of their voice would let a parent know that, hey, something's going on. We need to get into this a little deeper. But both of my parents were so busy that it was hard for them to even notice. But parents have to make the time. Because nothing is worse than your kid getting incarcerated for something and spending the rest of his life in jail. Uh, absolutely. Absolutely. I, I, have, you know, I, have, I have a son who's incarcerated, so I, I, can, I can agree with that. Yes. Uh, there's um, Bullying, it's, it's turning into a, a really bad epidemic where kids are actually killing themselves. I've, I tried. You know, I, I tried uh, four or five times when I was a teenager. Wow. 12 years old, 13, 14, 15. Every year that those guys tormented me, I, I tried to just to get away. So it, there is, you know, bullying, there are consequences. People just think it's, it's high school and or grade school and, hey, it'll pass. The psychological effects will stay with you for a lifetime. They will interfere with your relationships socially, professionally academically so if 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 at the time that you were experiencing this bullying if your parents had maybe seen those signs and approached you um to to say you know hey so you know we've noticed these things are going on can you can you know can you tell us what's what's wrong what um, how do you, what do you think the best way would be for a parent to approach a child who is experiencing bullying and who maybe um, is afraid to, to, to tell anyone uh, for fear of repercussions? How, how, how is the best way a parent could have approached you that would have actually 
caused you to open up and share the truth about what was going on in, in, in your experience? Well, mine was, mine was addressed. Um, I went to go live with my grandparents. I went to another school in another city. Uh, I was doing great. Got my grades back up. I missed home. I missed my parents. And I thought, you know, it's been over a year. Maybe, you know, things will settle down. But unfortunately, it got worse until I thought if I just stayed at my grandparents' house, I would not be, basically, I was in camp by then. So I would have probably, my life right now would probably be a lot different if I did stay at my grandparents' house instead of going home. So my parents did see it. They didn't know the extent of it. My mother still doesn't know the extent of it. She's reading my book right now. And oh, wow. uh, it's horr- it's horrifying her because she never knew her son was being so mistreated. Yeah. Now, uh, in, in our in our prior conversation, you were you were describing some of the um, some of the the ways that these uh, that these bullies were tormenting you. You know, I, I think a lot of times when people think about bullying, they think, well, you know, somebody's maybe being pushed around on the schoolyard or. You know, you get the, the picture of somebody being forced to turn over their lunch money or something, but bullying that, that's how is a it whole started. Lot more. That's how it started. Then the physical abuse came in. Uh, my head was slammed against a brick wall. Uh, it was busted open in the front and the back. Um, later on, I had my jaw shattered with a baseball bat just to find out they weren't aiming for my jaw. Um. I was uh, had chains put around my neck and pulled around. Oh my goodness! Uh, I was made to shoplift. If I didn't, I would get hit. So I would have a, a bruise, a black eye, or bloody lip every other day to say I fell. I would tell my mom and dad I fell. I got real accident prone. That's another. That's another telltale sign that your kid's being mistreated. That's when no, there should be no waiting contact the authorities right away and have something done. And, uh, and it in, should in never... your case, it, it, the, uh, the best intervention would have been to completely remove you from that the, the, the neighborhood, that neighborhood and away from the reach of those, those people. Yeah, I was out of the reach and, and, and my stupidity put me right back into it. I blame myself for being weak, but that comes with maturity and looking back. It's hard for a child, 11 or 12 years old, to look and rationalize like that. All they see is fear, but they have to trust their parents. That's just, you know, their their parents do know best. They have their best interests at heart. And they need to open up. They need to tell them. They just can't keep bottled, you know, keep it bottled up. It it just isn't going to serve them in the long run. Do you think that part of that fear is also that um, that the bullies may cause some repercussions on their parents or the rest of their family? Uh, only only if the bullies are gang members, but for the most part, um, I. I don't see that happening because gang members generally don't bully kids. They make them join the gang. 
my thing wasn't about joining a gang. It was just about getting money, getting um, items from stores, jackets. Uh, they made me steal everything, cologne, cars. One day, uh, they made me get my keys to my dad's car, and uh, one of them wrecked it around the corner. And then they blamed me. But my dad never knew it was me because I was not, I, I ran away. And no one saw me get out of the car. So he just assumed it was some neighborhood kid that got into it and wrecked it and ran. He never knew it was was me or the guys I hanged around with. So there's a lot that happened in my life that I still hold a, a, a hold guilt for that I could never get off my chest because my father died right after I got out of camp. Oh, wow. So the end of my book, it says, you know, I got to live with this for the rest of my life. I could never tell my dad what I did, why I did it. And it's stuff I think about to this very day. That's why I'm saying if, if your son or daughter or, or is being bullied, they need to address it right away. Because the longer they keep it in them, the more damage it does. Absolutely. I know you, in our previous conversation, you mentioned uh, a little bit about how it did affect your life as an adult. Do you feel, do you feel comfortable sharing how that has carried over? My whole life, I basically have had any serious uh, relationships or friendships. Sure. I have a daughter, um, but the marriage didn't work out, not because of, of mistreatment or, or, or moods or, or anything illegal. It's just a person didn't like, uh, they were a foreign national, so they just couldn't get used to this country. And I didn't feel like keeping them against their will. So I let her go. And uh, ever since then, all I've been doing was taking care of my daughter. Now she's a dentist. And uh, I still don't have many friends. I just don't. Nobody gets close to me anymore. I just, I don't know if it's uh, something that'll ever change. I'll be 55, so I don't know. I, I would think that I've been living alone basically since I was 16. Wow. So I really don't know how it is to really live with anybody. It's not that the bullying will make you antisocial. I'm perfectly sociable in a, in a professional environment. I'm a commercial pilot, so I, I deal with a lot of people now and then. Uh, a rescue diver, I go out with, a, with people now and then for a search and stuff like that. But as far as visitors, nobody comes to my house. Um, I don't get many phone calls. I know a lot of people, but I know them by chance, by being at the same place at the same time. Right. So you could say that what those guys put me through has molded me as far as socially. I, uh, I don't get in trouble. I haven't gotten in trouble since I got out of camp when I was uh, 16. So I, um, I wasn't a hardened criminal. I was only a criminal because I was afraid. Right. But, you know, nowadays it's different. That's why I, 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 another reason I wrote the book is, you know, to horrify parents that, oh my God, he was 11. Look at the picture of this kid. I put my picture in my book when I was 11 years old, 1976. 
so people can relate. Seeing right. these kids busted his head open, put a chain around his neck. So they just don't identify with a character. They identify with a real person. And then they, then if they manifest, it's like, what if that was my son? That will make, that will make the parents want to talk to their kid more. If he has a bruise, what would happen? No, really, what happened? And then he'll, they'll ask around. They'll ask their friends, hey, what's going on? Come on, talk to me. You know, he's not opening up, so I need to know what's going on. If my parents did that, the other kids in there probably would have, would have told them what was going on and things would have been addressed after the first couple months and not four years. Now these these bullies, um, if I understand correctly, they they were people that you originally wanted to be friends with. Yeah, yeah. But, in the beginning, yeah, we were, you know, well, except for the first time when uh, I was riding my skateboard on the on my neighbor's driveway, and there's one bully there. I I, I changed all their names in my book. Uh, I called him. Uh, can't remember what I called uh, Jim. I called him Jim. Uh, I fell off my skateboard and, and it slipped and it went racing towards him and almost hit him in the leg. And uh, he, he got really upset and came up to me and slammed my head into a brick wall and busted it open. Um, then there was other times they threw rocks, it hit me in the head. Um, it was a tough, it was a really tough time that I can't believe that it wasn't obvious to anybody. And I was afraid to say it, to tell anybody what was really going on. I don't know if it was so much for the repercussions or for the thought that they wouldn't talk to me anymore. So it got to be kind of a Stockholm syndrome. Because mm. my mom, even to this day, wonders why you know I never knew anything. You never said anything at all. Right. And I was like, you know, mom, it's it's not that I didn't want to. It's it's mostly fear. It was um, being alone. Um, you know, it, it translates into relationships these days when a wife has an abusive husband and she stays there because that's all she knows. Until yeah. something terrible happens and it wakes them up. Um, me going to camp was my wake up call. Because it pretty much destroyed my life. Because everything people take for granted, graduating grade school, high school, college, uh, girlfriends, great friends, uh, sports, I never experienced any of that. I never experienced how it is to be a real father, husband. Um, sure, I'm educated, self-educated. I took tests to get uh, my certain certifications. Um, but the normal avenues, the normal channels that kids take, uh, No. And I would hate for some kid to live the life I did, really. There's so much that they're missing. I, I would just say, don't be 55 years old and looking back and thinking you wasted your life, your whole life. It doesn't make you suicidal. It doesn't make you crazy. It just makes you sad that you let it happen. When there's something you could have done, you know, there's something you could have done about it. Right. But I guess it all depends. Nowadays, there's there's groups. Back in the 70s, there was nobody. There wasn't any groups. Now, there wasn't. DA, no do, you, do you think that nowadays that, that enough is being done uh, uh, 
by say these the schools and the school officials no or... not at all what, not, what, more, all. what more could they what what more could be done from from that aspect a chronic bully should be removed from school period uh they're not doing that uh there was a case in point in moreno valley here in california where uh these the, yes yes hello okay I, well, you're you're back now go ahead they're they're, oh, okay. they're not they're not is the last thing i heard okay um like for instance the kid in uh in moreno valley that you know these kids were chronically bullying him until one day one of them walked up to him hit him in the face he fell back and hit his head ended up killing him hmm. they were they were chronic bullies they could have the school could have done something before it got to that. I think once a child is observed with that kind of hostility towards another, right. they should be removed from the school, period. What, because what do it doesn't change. What do you think change. the reason is why that's not happening? Um, uh, home life, parents, upbringing. It all starts in the home. It really does. May, may it be abuse? May it be these kids were spanked a lot for no good reason? Um, it could be a lot of things, but it all originates in the home because you're not born like that. You're not babies and, and beating up on other babies. You learn. Like anything, you learn that. So basically... It's it's re-education. A kid that is a chronic bully needs to be examined. He needs to get help. Why does he do that? Because the anger eventually in a chronic bully eats him up to the point where his next stop will be prison. Yeah. And that's just it. There is no if, ands, or buts. There is no, you know, pot of gold at the end of the rainbow. You will destroy your life if you don't get help. I'm not completely against the bully himself. I'm, I'm more the advocate for the kid that's being bullied, but also I look at the kid doing it and trying to find out why. Trying There's times, uh, like I, I mentioned, I'm a volunteer with the sheriff's department here in L.A., uh, we do patrols on Saturday nights and I have interactions with kids and sometimes I see a hostility in one. I, I sit down and talk to them, finding out what's going on. And, you know, there's a lot in there that they w want to talk about, but I'm not qualified. Right. But I know there's a problem. there. So if I could see it just by running into somebody on the street, why is it that their parents can't see it? See, being bullied is different. That's a different kind of uh, psyche. That's more of a withdrawn, more of a mellow, quiet, uh, accepting, tolerating personality. No lashing out. Right. But the suffering is behind the scenes. It's the grades. It's the, uh, it's the social interaction. It's the friends. You know, it's, it's the, uh, you know, who is that? Oh, is nobody. Or, or how, how, what happened to your head? Oh, I fell. You know, it's always an excuse. Right. It, you never get to the bottom of it. Now, once there's an excuse, it, it, you, you can pick it out. You know, oh, I, I, I fell and I hit my head. How? 
Make them tell you how. How did you do it? And when they get defensive, then they're being bullied. Because any kid that really falls down would say, Mom, I was riding my skateboard and this, this, I, I got on this road and there was a lot of rocks and the, my wheel got caught. They would elaborate. Right. But a kid being bullied, oh, I, I fell. Just like a wife that's being beaten by her husband. Oh, I slipped in the, in the, in the, in the, in the shower. Yeah. That's, that's, that's a good same, analogy. That's same. a good analogy. It's the same thing. It's, you know, a kid will make up excuses. He won't tell you the truth. And once he tells you that little white lie, he's being bullied. Guaranteed for the simple fact that he didn't. A wife that isn't being uh, beaten would tell her friend, you know, I was in the garage. I was cleaning up. I was moving some boxes around and I moved this one box to the left. This thing came down and hit me in the face. You know, stuff all over the place. Right. Right. You know, they elaborate. They tell you. They just say, oh, I, I, I slept in the shower. Yeah. Or uh, I was hanging I was hanging a lamp and I fell. You know, it's just, it's just, to, it's a cop out. It's, it's. People need to be more observing, especially when it comes to kids, because those kids are the future criminals. Mm. The future gangbangers. Right. You know, you just got to, you know, be a part of your kids' lives, be a part of who they're friends with. Because if once you turn the other cheek, you can lose them forever. Well, it's a sad truth, but that's it, just how it, it is. It, it is. It is very sad. It, you know, it's sad that in our country that um, that things like this continue to go on. Um, I, I I appreciate the fact, DA, that um, that you've chosen to be an advocate for those who are being bullied. Um, I, I hope that by us getting your book and your story out there that as people hear your story um that it'll it'll open the eyes um of, of parents it'll open the eyes of school officials and authorities um to the seriousness of of the problem um and and that people will really um make strides towards uh, trying to end this um, it's not it's not acceptable it, it's just not acceptable and um, so so da um, where can readers purchase your book uh, there's the hardcovers on barnesandnoble.com by looking up d.a.marcoux okay and it's also on uh, uh, softback or paperback is on amazon uh, you would just look up d.a.marku. There's uh, different formats. There's different covers. The uh, the one with the with the merry-go-round appeals to the younger generation. Uh, but if you click other other uh, availability, mm -hmm. it shows the different covers that are available. Okay. All right. All right. Um, so the the cover with the swirling scar starscape is that the most recent version? Yes. Yes. That that. Okay. Uh, that is um, pretty much meticulously ran over. Uh, that's one thing about writing a book is you can never stop going over it and over it and over it. It uh, That one I, I worked really hard on tirelessly daily until it got to be perfect. 
Okay. And uh, it's, a, it's a good story. It's, it's a sad story, but uh, it's one that I thought needed to be told to open up the eyes of the parents. Uh, I you know, agree. Because, and that, that's you know, available in a, in a Kindle format as, as yes, well as the yes, paperback and yes. the hardcover. Yes. Um, so um, if your readers wanted more information or more, uh, if, if say a parent. Uh, uh, they can find me on, uh, on Twitter. Okay. Uh, and they could find me under uh, uh, in Facebook under D.A. Marcou author. Okay. And um, that's that's about it. Just those two. Okay. Um, well, what we'll do, um, we'll, uh, when the podcast goes live, we'll go ahead and put that link uh, and the link to the actual books. Uh, uh, in bar on Barnes and Noble and on Amazon, uh, we'll put those in the the description so that people can actually uh, find find that easily. Um, yeah, to go right to the to go right to the book on Amazon, if they type Mister in front of D dot A dot Marku, it'll go right to that book. I put Mister in there, and it kind of messes things up. But uh, Amazon was good enough to put a link on there uh, that t- directs you to the rest of the books. Ah, uh, okay, all right. Um, is there any anything else, uh, any last words that you'd like to say um, to our listeners uh, tonight? Well, basically, yeah. If if your kid if your kid is falling down all the time, uh, it's not he's not falling down all the time. Somebody's helping him, and uh, you really need to find out what it is. And uh, for a, a parent to have his kid change schools, it's not that difficult nowadays. It's pretty pretty easy, um, especially in the circumstances like that. Um, contact the police, get people involved, you know, find out who it is, talk to the neighborhood kids, you know, see what they see because they will talk. And, uh, when it comes to your kid, you know, there's, uh, no stone that should be unturned. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, but um... I think it was, it was great, um, uh, getting this out. And hopefully it, um, it, it, it gets the attention it deserves. Uh, I hope so very, very much. Um, and DA, I want to thank you for, um, for reaching out to us um, so that we could have the opportunity to, um, to share your story and your, your book with, with other listeners um, and future readers. Um, thank you for taking the time this evening to, you. Um, you know, to, to come on the interview and um, I'll be getting in touch with you very shortly um, just to get some, to make sure that I have all of the contact information right. So okay. uh, with that, right. folks, I want to thank everybody for listening. Um, join us next week. Uh, next week, we're going to have uh, author Sean Decker, the author of Running from Miracles. It's time to come home. So that's going to be a great, uh, great episode. And um, thanks again. And with that, this is Sandy signing out. Thanks, DA. Have a good night. Thank you. You too. Bye.